Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. We got sirens going off. It's an emergency podcast as the White Sox have picked up Tim Anderson's player option for the 2023 year i'm sean anderson the host of the chgo white Sox podcast you can follow me on twitter at sean underscore w underscore anderson we got the usual chgo white Sox true with me Vinny duber you can follow him on twitter at Vinny duber he's our chgo white Sox beat writer and herb lawrence hello oh, you can follow the birthday boy on Is that twitter. Loud? yeah very loud i think you're fine now uh okay. at Acro- at Eckerwall23, uh, whenever you muted your uh, mic, it just got inc- incrementally louder. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox uh, community leader. How was the tailgate, boys? We had Greenridge Farms out there uh, right before the Miami and Chicago game took off in the, in, in, in the uh, South Loop. How was the tailgate? Great. I went to the first one versus the Texans, and that one slightly had better weather, but the turnout was about the same. This one, a lot more Miami Dolphins fans or opposing team fans this time as the Miami Dolphins fans apparently travel well. But uh, I think everybody had a great time. Greenwich Farms, they provided all the meat. So people got their first chances of getting the meat sticks, the spicy meat sticks, some of that mustard they send. I got the uh, champagne uh, honey mustard, of course, because it's the best uh, that they offer out there and just regular Dijon or uh, uh, Dorf, But I thought the reception was great, and I'm looking forward to the next one, which is, I think is next week. Mm-hmm. Versus the Lions. Good time. Great time. Great to see everybody coming out there, too. I mean, it's 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 a nice turnout, obviously. So uh, Herb's right, though. A lot of Dolphins fans, and I saw a bunch more uh, when I was leaving, when I was driving uh, down Roosevelt to get to the Expressway. I saw a ton more getting off the L. So Miami Dolphins apparently, uh, you know, have, have the road fan base uh, – uh, at Soldier Field on Sunday. Did you guys see the video they post? Uh, we posted on Twitter at chg underscore sports of the Raiders guy dancing. Raiders Ra- guy. We saw Raiders guy. Yeah. Yes, what was Raiders. Did. What was his vibe? I don't know. Like it, it kind of. I think of you seen- can see it in the video. <laughs> I think he kind of reminded me of how uh, Jason Zedekis dances in What Up With That on the SNL. He kind of <laughs> felt like that type of guy, but a little bit more off of rhythm. But he was trying his best. He was doing his thing. Yeah, he was feeling good. Uh, maybe he was partying with the uh, Houston Astros as last night uh, they became World Series champions, defeating the Philadelphia Phillies in six games. They won that one four to one thanks to a huge home run by Jordan Alvarez. They won in six games four to two. And Dusty Baker now has his second World Series, uh, one of the, I think, a few people that won as a player and a manager uh, one as a player in 1981 and then one as a manager this year in 2022. So huge congrats to Dusty Baker. 
Yeah, That'll really make a... uh, really make Dusty's. I mean, I think Dusty was probably going to the Hall of Fame as a manager already, regardless. But uh, this is uh, locking it up. So good for him. Just a guy who has been around the game so long, and and you know, I think people forget like how long his managerial stint was, like in Cincinnati. And you know what I mean? Like he 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 he's not one of those guys who kind of faded into obscurity and then came back later. He's just been doing this forever and uh, beloved by his players, obviously. Uh, and this town, he is a, a bit of a mixed, uh, mixed legacy considering how things went on the North side. But uh, at the time, getting the Cubs to uh, where he got them to uh, completely and entirely unheard of at the time. So quite the accomplishment way back uh, in the early part of this millennium by Dusty. And now he's got uh, the World Series ring as a manager to go along with it. So uh, it's, it's good to see good to see him win one. Yeah, it's tough to root for Houston Astros, but Dusty was one of the reasons why I was happy they won last night. And another one, of course, is Trey Mancini, a guy mm-hmm. who came back from colon cancer, I think, a couple of years ago. Um, missed the whole season, then came back last year in 2021. And 2022, he played for the Orioles and got traded to the Houston Astros. All-around good guy. The, the guys who I speak to say he is just as genuine an article as you see on the field. And so I'm going to be rooting for him. Now, he's a free agent. And we might have a first base open. So no. I'll, oh yeah, I forgot. Sean doesn't want any first baseman, but Andrew Vaughn. So I got you. He can play left field. Um, Mancini is a fun. Who Mancini. can play left field? Mancini. Okay, um, that was that needed to be clarified. Mancini's a fun one though too because uh, I felt so nervous for him when he was traded from Baltimore just because he was a Baltimore lifer and they started getting good they were really competitive and it was possible that they might have snuck in as a wild card so it would have been real awkward if mancini as an astro had to beat the old team or if the old team went further and it's like oh man you guys couldn't take me with i'm glad that it did end up uh, working out for mancini uh, and the other part that i'm really interested in we know carlos correa was a huge free agent uh, that left the astros last year came to the al central he was all right. I don't. I don't think he ever like really hurt the Sox a ton in the 19 games they played uh, against one another. But Jeremy Pena, the guy who replaces him, World Series MVP, and was huge for them the entire year. Uh, what, if anything, does that signal to you? Think about that. The embarrassment of riches. They had a World Series champion, and whatever you think about the 2017 World Series champion Houston Astros, they were dominant, and they've been in the World Series for like the last three years. And most of this series was dominated by people who didn't play in that World Series. Jordan Alvarez, we got Jeremy Pena, um, and other players who are just killing in this uh, World Series for the Houston Astros, where they turned over the the whole roster. And the guy I mentioned earlier, while Trey Mancini didn't do much with the glove, I mean, the bat, the glove off that Kyle Schwarber rocket down first base on Game Five, saved the game. And they have a embarrassment of riches if they don't have it coming up from their minor leagues in. Uh, or like Kyle Tucker, another guy that uh, actually helped up this series, they'll go out and get it, like in Trey Mancini, or they'll go and get it in free agency. Remember, Lance McCullers sucked this whole uh, World Series. And they're like, cool, we'll just throw some people you've never heard of. White Sox fans have heard of, definitely, Framper Valdez and uh, Javier. But they get a combined no-hitter, and I was like, oh, hum, Astros, that's how we do it. They're a factory, man. And and listen, they, listen, they were the best team in baseball for all the talk of the uh, of the new playoff format, uh, you know, screwing all of that up. The, the best team won the World Series uh, this year, and uh, they're kind of the best team every year. I mean, it, listen, you you can go ahead and, and, and boo them all you want when they come to the uh, come to your home ballpark. That's kind of how uh, things go for them now. I think they've come to expect that. But um 
what you can't deny is that they're really, really good. And listen, the White Sox are only in the position they're in, having gone through that rebuild, because it worked for the Astros and to a lesser degree, the Cubs. So, uh, you know, the, the Astros are, are really the model franchise, uh, you know, in baseball, um, you know, uh, even with all the stuff that goes along with it in their specific case, uh, everybody's trying to be them. And uh, certainly the White Sox are. Uh, and if you're the Astros, uh, you have shown uh, the ability to, and, and really this applies to the Dodgers too, the, the ability to just kind of keep going, you know, I mean, every no matter who leaves, Springer leaves, Correa leaves, uh, it doesn't matter. They've got the guys behind him. Uh, Pena, certainly not a household name before the season started. And boy, is he one now. Uh, I mean, and, and you know, Garrett Cole went to the Yankees, right? Justin Verlander, uh, you know, is was the best pitcher in the American League this year. And when it comes down to the World Series, uh, you know, even though the Phillies were able to beat him in the first game, they got to worry about Christian Javier throwing a no hitter against them. I mean, it's, it's, it's about depth, Sean, that you always talk about. Um, but it's about continuing that sustainability that Rick Hahn always talks about. Uh, and, you know, certainly, um, I don't think anybody would say the White Sox are quite there yet where they've just got this backlog of talent uh, to replace guys who, who, who might go somewhere else. We'll see if that's how it ends up turning out. Um, but, to be able to just weather anybody that leaves. I was reading uh, this morning, a, uh, a, I think it was ESPN did a uh, two early power rankings for, for 2023. And they were talking about how, Oh, well maybe the Astros will go out and spend big this winter because, uh, because uh, Bregman and, and somebody else are up after 2024. And couldn't you just see the Astros being able to weather two more? Of, oh, it was Altuve. Bregman and Altuve mm -hmm. up after 2024. Couldn't you just see the way the Astros have weathered losing Springer and Correa and Cole, losing Bregman and Altuve also, and just keep on keeping on? Uh, a very impressive showing by the Astros this year to win the world series, but a very impressive showing by the Astros over the last decade to turn into a team that can win the world series each and every year. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned the Dodgers and I think most people think of the Dodgers as like the team to beat in the MLB, but since 2013, when the Dodgers have gone to the, like well, the Dodgers have gone to the playoffs every year since 2013, gone to three world series have only won one. The Astros in the last six years have gone to uh, four. And have won now too, uh, which is absolutely crazy. I know there is some controversy, obviously, around the 2017 uh, World Series, but not a lot of people are giving hate to the Boston Red Sox, who won in 2018 and also had a similar cheating scandal. It just was a little bit less clear. There wasn't, you know, a trash can banging uh, every time a fastball was coming. So, uh, just interesting uh, there uh, for, for for the Astros. But yeah, I mean, definitely the model franchise. And there's even rumors that their GM might be out uh, that the owner, Jim Crane, isn't loving the job that the guy who just won a World Series is doing. Um, so, hey, Rick Hahn could have job security for 15 years here. And, and uh, I forget the guy's name. I want to say James Click. Uh, James Click, uh, been on the job for two years, won a World Series, and now might be ousted. So it's baseball for the, you. Yeah, it's an actual thing that I'm going to recognize as their World Series. So when people – Talk about Astros winning World Series. Like, yeah, good job in 2022. You've won a World Series legitimately. This maybe. is Verlander's first. Yes, exactly. That's <laughs> 2017, like the Mickey Mouse 2021, the Dodgers one. Wipe them off the books. Same thing with hey. the 18 Red Sox. Hey, go to his house. I bet you you can find that ring prominently displayed. <laughs> Proof that they it. want it. Proof that he, he and they want it then. I'm going to confiscate that. 
This is actually interesting, too. Uh, this just uh, popped up on my feed. According to Jeff Passan, uh, the Cubs actually agreed to deal uh, with the Houston Astros before the trade deadline this past season that would have sent uh, Wilson Contreras to the Astros for Ho- Jose Urquidy, but the owner of the Astros uh, never approved the deal. So you want to talk about just the the kind of imbalance there between the GM and owner. Uh Interesting. I don't know. Well, I was I was talking I was talking with uh, with our guy Luke Stuckmeyer at the tailgate today about the Astros and and one of the things he said was which I thought was a great point was you point out when you've got that depth and that kind of onslaught of talent that comes up and replenishes everybody you're not forced to trade somebody who's going to about to hit free agency. Right. So like another team maybe would have been like, Oh my God, Correa is going to leave. We're not going to get anything for him. If he just walks, we've, we've got to go ahead and make a deal to, to recoup some something, you know what I mean? But instead you get them for the entirety of the second half and the entirety of the playoffs. And you get to use that incredible talent to compete for and or win a world series where other teams, because they don't have the, the depth to back it up are like, oh, man, we got to get something, trade them away, and, and we'll try, and that could really hurt your World Series chances. So um, just another another way of looking at what the Astros have done. And and, and certainly, again, I think the Dodgers fall into this category too, even though they haven't done as much big-time championship winning uh, as the guys down in Houston. You know, just, just in, when you've got an embarrassment of riches, that's a real luxury in a, in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, and it seems like that owner um, vetoing that trade he can go and get Wilson Contreras right now for only paying him money, which is awesome. So just go um, get mattress mattress max money. Oh my goodness, that guy. He's he's a smart businessman and also a very uh, good philanthropist. As a guy that uh, has taken in people when they have hurricanes down there, when some of the people who are pious are not doing the same. That's a fair. That's a fair drag right there. Um, all right. Well, that's enough on the Astros and uh, Joel Olstein. Uh, we'll move on now. Uh, and look I, at you naming names while I'm being nice. Yeah, we don't need to be nice. That guy sucks. Um, let's talk about Green Ridge Farm because you guys were at the tailgate and they supplied the tailgate with delicious meat sticks, as you guys mentioned. Herb loves the champagne honey. I love the chipotle mustard. Uh, I think everything they make is fantastic. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option, whether that be of deli meat, sausages, or, of course, their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and smoked or school lunches. Uh, These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours, and they come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. I always find their deli meat in the jewel section. I took a selfie last time I was there, and it was a very cute selfie of me and all the Green Ridge Farm deli meat. And right now, when you order any three meat products, three meat products at greenridgefarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Again, when you order any three meat products at Green Ridge Farm and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And again, check them out whenever you are in the grocery store and pick them up. You will not regret it. I know they were probably those meat sticks were flying off the uh, the shelves or the aluminum tins today at the tailgate. So uh, they're definitely going to be flying off the shelves at your local uh, grocery store. Next up to uh, ComEd, the ComEd Energy Efficient Progress program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills now and into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade updated lighting to energy 
to energy and money saving efficient LED lights. Learn more about network lighting to operate your op to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor outing lighting and network lighting controls make these projects even more cost efficient than before. Visit comed.com slash powering biz now to start saving money and energy. To start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. And for more information, email businessee at comed.com or public sector ee at comed.com. It's the city of lights. Comed powers the city of lights. Trust comed. All right. Um, Aurora city of lights. Isn't it Chicago? There's that one. Uh, there's an Andrew bird song, uh, Pulaski at night. And he, he refers to it as the city of lights. So I just I thought that was it. Paris too. Mm. Well, it is Paris, but it's funny also that it's Aurora. If you watch Wayne's world, it's right on the, on the sign. Welcome to Aurora city mm. of lights. You, you're, you're older than me. You should know that reference. I, I just only know Alice Cooper saying Milwaukee. The good thing. I've seen uh, Wayne's world probably 10 plus times. I just didn't clue into that one, but yeah, great movie though. <laughs> I mean, Vinny, you've probably seen it a little bit more than that. If you got that clue right there. Party on her. Party on. <laughs> All right. Let's party on uh, as I think we can just assume that if Pedro Griffol is, you know, Wayne, we can only assume that Mike Tosar is Garth. Um, the reports are saying that it is likely or it seems to be that Mike Tosar will be the next hitting coach for the Chicago White Sox uh, following longtime friend. Mike, or, or, or Mike Tozar will be the next hitting coach of the White Sox following longtime friend Pedro Griffol to the south side. Uh, we can't you know, officially claim it's the truth yet, but uh, there's a lot of different reports, whether it be on Twitter or even Ann Rogers of MLB.com saying it's likely. So what do we make of this news of Mike Tosar joining the Sox? Well, one of the things that stood out to me uh, it, during the press conference uh, the other day was Rick Hahn complimenting Pedro Griffol for helping kind of um, – mold the Royals offensive identity. And, and, and I think that, um, you know, I, I asked, I asked Pedro kind of what a team should be, you know, kind of thing. And, and he didn't get into too much specifics when he was talking about what kind of offensive team, the white Sox are going to be, you know, more so just talking about having good at bats and uh, listen, that's already, that already would be a change because we know they didn't have a lot of good at bats uh, in, in 2022. Uh, you know, something by the way that, that Tony La Russa and, and Frank Menachino were, uh, were harping on all year that they, you know, were, were swinging too much at, at pitches outside the zone and that kind of thing. But uh, if they can restore that, if Pedro Griffol and, and if that's going to be the new hit, coach uh, Tosar can can restore that the ability to kind of take have good at bats and, and be selective uh, then I think obviously it'll make a big difference but um, uh, in in mentioning that whole offensive identity thing that happened in Kansas City if, if then that sounds like a plus right that if, if you bring in someone or some some ones in this case uh, that can really kind of work similar magic on the White Sox now the Royals haven't been that great uh you know offensively or, or or just winning in general uh over the last few years but i think um people watched the way that they the royals played against the white Sox uh, in the in the recent past and and certainly the cleveland guardians as well um and maybe uh incorporate incorporating some of those elements would be helpful to the white Sox. but when it comes down to it they need somebody who can uh, help them get back to their power hitting ways. That's really the main thing. And so hopefully those uh, two guys, whether it be Grafola uh, taking a, uh, a, a, a big role in that department or, uh, you know, handing it over to the next hitting coach, or really just handing it back over to these players who have uh, been able to do it before, couldn't do it in 2022. Uh, that would make all the difference uh, in the world for the White Sox, I think. 
Mike Tosar, I mean, I think he replaced uh, Terry Bradshaw when that was a dumbass hire by the Royals, a football guy being your hitting right. coach. Just just dumb. That We knew that wasn't going to work. But him and another gentleman re- assumed, assumed uh, hitting coach responsibilities for the Royals, and they started hitting the ball a little bit more respectively than they were before he got uh, – Hired, so I think you know Pedro knows baseball and he knows Tosar has been with the club for a decent amount of time and probably a hidden gem for himself. I think he got hired in the 2020s uh, by the Royals to be like their hitting consultant, dollar eight throughout their team. So if Pedro believes in him and the White Sox work out a deal with the Royals, because my understanding he's still under contract with the Royals, so it won't just be a thing where he just resigns his position with the Royals and comes over to the White Sox. I'm sure there's some going to be some compensation they're going to want. And it won't be breaking the bank because it's just a hitting coach. And so I think the White Sox will get this guy. And um, like I said, I don't know if hitting coaches make a huge difference as pitching coaches do. But if a guy can just get maximum performance out of those guys, get them on the right track while they go up to the uh, plate and then performance is good, that's all I ask for a hitting coach. I don't ask for fixing a guy. I don't ask for anything other than, hey, Make sure these guys get the right information in their minds before they go up to the plate. And if they don't want all that information in mind, know that and stay away from that player. Stay away from their swing and all that good stuff. Don't be an interference. Just be a guy that is there for a ear and concepts and things like that. Well, Pedro talked a lot about that uh, the other day, too. I mean, that exact thing that you just brought up, Herb, the whole make sure these guys are informed and informed in the way that they that they need to be informed kind of thing. So um, if that's what's coming from the manager, I would only assume that that's what would trickle down throughout the rest of the coaching staff. Um, I don't know if the situation you just laid out is going to happen, but boy, I love coach trades. I love trades that don't involve players. I think it's great. My favorite one of all time is not even between teams, but between TV stations. Are you familiar with the Al Michaels trade? No, uh, no. Where, so Al Michaels uh, was doing Monday Night Football for, for ABC uh, mm-hmm. before they switched it over, which, of course, was owned by the same company that owns ESPN, Disney. And Al Michaels wanted to go work for NBC to do Sunday Night Football with, with Chris Collinsworth, which, of course, he did for years. So what they did was the two corporations uh you know uh disney and i believe then ge traded so uh uh disney traded al michaels for the rights to the cartoon character who who had preceded mickey mouse the first big cartoon star for disney oswald the lucky rabbit somehow ended up in the possession of whatever company and owned or turned into nbc back in the 1920s uh so uh, they got it back so they could put it on T-shirts and, and and all that sort of stuff. But yes, Al Michaels was traded for Oswald, the Lucky Rabbit. You're kidding? That's, right? that's no, great that's my favorite right trade. There. My favorite trade of all time. Keep all your sports trades, your players for players. I will take that uh, trade any day of the week. My favorite one ever. I've heard of Al Michaels before. I have never heard of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, <laughs> so so nugget Walt, right there. Dis- Walt Disney losing the rights to Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is what forced the creation of Mickey Mouse. There it is. The more you know, know that. It is. I know a lot, like, I know a lot of like, things, like, Sean. <laughs> like literally, we worked both worked at a radio station, and we, you know, I knew about the trade, and I knew they had to have some conversation, but I know what what, what it was. That is amazing, Vinny. <laughs> You're educating people today. There you go. Many in our That's audience probably didn't know that either. <laughs> no, I would. <laughs> I would. I would assume ninety five percent of the people don't know what you just shared with us. That's amazing. Only and, now, who, and now you know. And now you and then now we flash the NBC it. sign. Um, now so I can support uh, ABC. I gotta go and buy a what's his name? Oswaldo. 
Oswald. Yeah, Os- well, that's what he Oswaldo. is in Mexico, I'm sure. But yeah, Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Yeah, or Waldo um, the Wolf. Waldo the White Sox Wolf. He's a good one too. Um, this is what you get from somebody who dressed up as Bob Costas. Yes, he'll know. He'll know. He'll know everything. Very <laughs> true. Uh, but yeah, uh, talking about Mike Tozar and uh, the kind of the, the the leap some of the Royals hitters have made. Uh, we think back Salvador Perez hitting 48 home runs in 2021, uh, and Jorge Soler as well in 2019 hitting 48 home runs. Uh, there was an article in the Athletic from Alec Lewis back in the day uh, in 2019, uh, and it, it talked about. In the winter following the 2017 season, Kansas City Royals quality control coach, Pedro Grafol. Hey, who's that? Based in Arizona. He told you that in the press conference. He moved from Seattle to Arizona, pulled out his phone, and called outfielder Jorge Soler, who lived in Miami during the offseason. He had a plan. While working with the young, talented Cuban toward the end of 17 season, Grafol had seen progress in Soler's approach at the plate. There was a lot to like, and he did not want to uh, progress to uh, want the progress to plateau. Uh, so he'd been looking for a trainer in the Miami era area that he felt Soler could trust and come up with the perfect match. Los Angeles Dodgers, international scout and private hitting coach, Mike Tozar. Why is that a connection there? Or, or where's the connection between Tozar and uh, Griffel? Tozar grew up playing alongside Griffel as a youth in Miami. The two coaches communicated, assessed Soler's solution and formulated a plan, which began with a psychological approach. Once Soler acquired the necessary confidence he could uh, hit for a big time power, like 48 home runs in 2019, the two began working in cages. So um, just a great long life, uh, you know, connection there between Tosar and Grafol. And you you would assume that he's got a lot of those connections, just being a baseball lifer. Again, he showed up to that one wedding in a baseball uniform. Um, So it's just interesting to see what he could do. And what I think was huge in the second press conference that he did with just the beat writers, who is the one player that he did bring up, Vinny? Yoan Moncada hmm. and unprompted, unprompted, hmm. very much just because I believe it was that same question, that same question that I asked, which was, uh, you know, it, you know, Rick credited you for for establishing an I- offensive identity in Kansas City. What does that offensive identity look like with the White Sox? And, you know, he's talked about a lot of general things, you know, you know touching mostly, like I just said, on having good at bats. But then he was like, and man, if we can get someone like Yoan Moncada to go back to walking 80 times a year. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously that would help uh, the White Sox out a whole bunch. We've talked uh, already this offseason, of course, about how, you know, maybe moving away from that walk-heavy thing is what helped Yoan Moncada break out in the first place, being a little bit more aggressive. But if the pendulum has swung too much in the other direction, uh, and I think this is what Pedro was talking about, you want to take advantage of someone who has a very, very good, I believe Pedro called it an elite, uh, you know, understanding of the of the strike zone uh, in Yoan Moncada. You got a guy like that in Yasmani Grandal, too. And, uh, you know, to be able to get on base uh, would be good, especially via the walk, which the White Sox did not do very much of uh, in 2022. Did you say see our guy uh, Pedro Grifol uh, at, at the Blackhawks game? Hanging with the ass, hanging, hanging with the ass with in the suite. So I, I just think the, these Florida guys, these Cubans, I don't know. I, I really like the hire. I think he's connected with these guys. Uh, who is uh, Aloy's manager when he went down to? Uh, uh, I think it was the Venezuelan league in 2018. Dominic, I think Dominican Summer League. Or, was it Dominican? Or, or Dominican uh, Winter League, right? It was uh, yeah. Gigante uh, de Cabal. Uh, so um, that's in the Dominican League. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, so yeah, the, the Cabal Giants. Uh, his manager. Pedro Grafal, and you saw them have a little FaceTime. If you haven't seen that uh, on White Sox Twitter, uh, getting to getting to say what's up to one another. So I don't know. Pablo I just Combayo. 
and, and they were saying i love you i mean like cowboy this is this is huge um ooh, i like i like Aloy. we should get him a cowboy hat whenever he hits a homer but he's I don't got know. that great hawaiian shirt in that in that facetime they were having he can just keep wearing that that's true um but if he's looking to improve yon mancata and find that power or get those walks going um andrew vaughn we have seen he has a clear um just great strike zone. He, he has a great pitch recognition, um, really good discipline, showed that in his rookie year. I think that's another guy that could take a huge jump if we're just trying to instill confidence. Guys need confidence. And I think, you know, Yon Mankata, he made a music video and then he kind of lost the confidence. Confidence. Luis Robert really felt like he hasn't had the confidence. And especially with that wrist injury, I think he's going to need to help, um, you know, inject some confidence into his game. If this is the new hitting coach, I just like that it's different. It's a different approach, and I'm a fan of that. And the one thing, too, and I know this is very, very minor, but Pedro's saying, like, we have a plan. We have, we'll have have plans for these guys coming into spring training. And I know that and every individual says, plans, too. Right. It's not like the team has to hit like this. Catered for each and every one of the hitters. He's proven that he can do it differently, or he can he can prove that during the offseason, putting in that work and giving them a plan that he or either Mike Tozar knows work that, that can work to help unlock them um, just makes me very, very excited. Um, all right. Yeah, it's just it could be huge for the White Sox if, if these guys, especially these young players, finally get individualized plans and it just helps them get into the right mindset going into uh, 2023. So it'll be an interesting name. Hopefully Mike Tozar ends up joining the White Sox staff. If I'm doing any uh, sleuthing here on Twitter, Mike Tozar Jr. has liked a lot of Pedro Grafal content. So I don't know, just saying his, his, his kids really uh, excited about the uh, Mike Tozar or, or the uh, Pedro Grafal hire uh, in Chicago. Uh, next up, want to let you know about Shady Rays. I know it's getting into the winter months, but I was driving today and I was blinded by the sun. Uh, even though it isn't warm, it is still very, very sunny out. And Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays, they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told you they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. If you're at the CHGO tailgate and Raiders guy just danced you into a frenzy and maybe he you know it's just your, your glasses fell off because you're getting swung around by a raiders guy and then you know that you get step on your glasses they won't ask about that they'll just send you a new pair if you break your shady rays on the first day even with that strong of a pre- protection program they still manage to make quality sunglasses that i can tell you about because we've held them in our hands they are just as well-made as herb's 150 dollars sunglasses and here's the th- great deal they're running their deepest deal right now of the season Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. Buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. And next up is Athletic Greens. We've been using them for over eight months. Ooh, we're just a little past the eight-month uh, birthday of CHGO. So they've been our longest partner, and we've been using them consistently just because they – are such a fantastic way to start my day. I've been on it now for about eight months and I love it. It doesn't taste super healthy. kind of has a mild tropical taste that I look forward to each morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1, I absorb 70 high five high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, or superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help me start my day right. The special blends of ingredients help me support my gut health, my nervous system, and my immune system. I wasn't feeling great when I woke up this morning. Thought I might have the, the vid, um, took a test. 
waiting to see if it's negative or not. But I will say I did take my athletic greens uh, this morning and I did feel a little bit better. Uh, I don't know if that's just a placebo effect. Could be. I'm not a doctor, uh, but it did make me feel a little bit better. Uh, the life, It is lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free and athletic greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of, in a cup of water every day. That's it. No needs for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health and to make, make it easy. Athletic greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash CHGO socks to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's go to our report cards. We've only got a few more of these left, and uh, we haven't hit the big one or one of the big ones in Aloy Jimenez. For his offense, we are going to give him an A. His defense, we're going to give him an incomplete. And overall, going to give him a B. How are we feeling about this, gentlemen? Yeah, I mean, that probably sounds about right. Uh, listen, uh, here's the here's the truth. Aloy Jimenez was one of the, what, five best Play, hitters in baseball in the second half of the season mm -hmm. that's pretty damn good uh you know that is a guy right there who has you can say uh lived up to the hype uh, told you what he was going to do obviously that does not include all the home run uh you know uh, exploits that maybe we thought we were going to see from him uh certainly that can be applied to the entire team for the 2022 season but uh Aloy Jimenez was fantastic with the bat in the second half and I would expect that to carry over of course the reason we're not talking about a uh, uh, far and away silver slugger MVP type is because the first half of that season was spent mostly injured. And uh, uh, while I don't like to ding guys for being injured, it's not their fault that they uh, uh, didn't put up numbers because they weren't able to, to play in games. Um, we've talked about Aloy Jimenez and injuries for a very long time now. And uh, I, I don't believe that it is his fault. I believe he tries very hard. In fact, uh, you're probably not uh, injuring yourself the way that you did, unless you're busting it down the first baseline, like he was in Minnesota. But um, certainly that's a very big part of the story. And if we're going to weigh in the defense, the defense was incomplete, not because of the same defensive stuff we've been talking about him with his whole career, where he's letting balls drop for inside the park home runs and all that hmm. goofy stuff. It's just because his legs were not healthy to allow him to play left field. And um, I still think that there is a universe that we might not get to live in it next year, but a universe where the best option for the White Sox in left field, given the way their roster is constructed is Aloy Jimenez. But uh, it is, it, it, who knows? We it, it maybe looks like we won't be getting to see that happen uh, if, if Jose Abreu is playing on another team. But um, the bottom line is Aloy had a very, very, very good half of a season. Um, and if he is able to do that over more than half of a season, uh, he is going to be the player that the White Sox expected. But uh, until he does it for more than half of a season, we're going to have to uh, withhold some uh, some judgment there. It's well known that Aloy uh, Jimenez, the most games he's played is 122 games his rookie year, which he had 31 home runs, but hurt that year also. So that year ended up with a B war of 1.5. This year, in 84 games, the man had a 1.7 B war. Two reasons. He hit the ball hard and hit the cover off the ball most of the times in the second half. The second reason is he played 80 games or 84 total games. But 50 of those games were at designated hitter, which he has been saying. And I think Vinny said at the end of the year, he still doesn't like being the designated hitter. I think, as Sean, you have alluded to and I have alluded to, that is his best position. That's what helps the White Sox out the most if he's a designated hitter. 
on this squad because you see the production stays, if not increases. On the field is his problem. Availability is the best ability, and you saw exactly what you get out of Eloy Jimenez when he is a designated hitter, when you can say, hey, no dumb outs out there, no jumping to the fence, no sliding, no nothing, no running into your teammates. We're going to eliminate some of the things that just as a fun-natured good person, you're trying to try hard and you're trying to actually show that you can play left field at an elite level because he does look good sometimes in left field. I recall last year when they put him back out left field in 2021, I was like, all right, he's acquitting himself pretty well out there in left field where it's not like he's costing us runs and he wasn't getting hurt as much. But this year he got hurt running to first, as Vinny said, and after that they made the decision like, you know, we need this guy on the field and we can get the most out of him if he's playing designated hitter, that's why the incomplete for de- for defense is there because when he was there, he's fine. But very few times did he play defense this year in 30 games, I believe, in left field. So the grade for me was B minus total because of him missing the games. I hate the dingham because of that because it's not his fault necessarily, but also I can't give him a better grade because of his short time he was here. He was kind of outstanding. And you guys know if you've been listening, I've been trying to trade him. Not because I don't want the player. It's because the player doesn't stay on the field. Now, tell me the player is going to stay on the field for 130 games, the minimum. I'm in. Sign him up for a longer deal. Just with his contract, yeah. I mean, the deal that he's on right now, he's worth it if he's just going to stay healthy. And even if that's at DH, just because he's going to mash. Um, If you look at... Fan graphs, and you just have a minimum of 300 plate appearances. Aloy Jimenez is a top 15 hitter in the major leagues, just behind Mookie Betts, mm. uh, Jock Peterson, Juan Soto, Julio Rodriguez, Yandy Diaz, of course, Albert Pujols, Nolan Arenado, Manny Machado, Freddie Freeman, Jose Altuve, Mike Trout, Paul Goldschmidt, Jordan Alvarez, and Aaron Judge. Um, and that's including the 11 games where, uh, or the what, 12 games before he got injured. Um, if you just go to the 73 that he played after he's a top 12 hitter uh, just behind Riley Soto Goldschmidt Lowe, Real Muto Diaz Arenado Freeman Alvarez Altuve and Judge um, in those 73 games from July 6th to the end of the season he had a 154 weighted runs created plus just insane and you know you mentioned the athletic uh, or the spurts of athleticness that he showed in the outfield and you know he he kind of showed that a little bit throughout his career he's not like the slowest guy he's not like a lumbering power hitter he is very athletic not shocking that a professional athlete is athletic and a guy that especially can uh, you know hit 31 home runs in a, in 122 seasons or 122 game season but um he is absolutely athletic but it's just whenever he's overexerting himself or whenever he's trying to just do that extra that extra you know 10% it just feels like that's when the injuries come right hanging off a wall in spring training was just a boneheaded move but getting injured running to first base this year in, in Minnesota and then I think he also injured himself uh, back in 2020 on a double right it was just running to second base running uh, he was he was rounding third to score I believe in Cleveland, okay. Cleveland. and then he came back at the end of the year for the for that last playoff game and, um, and injured running himself second, right? running to se- or okay. I should say probably re-aggravated that same injury or even just experienced that injury that did, never did go away um, you know just running the second on the double and had to come out of that game as well right and you know you got to look at what he did in 2021 or 2022 before or 2020 that's not a very very 
confusing. In 2020, you have to look what he did um, because that was technically a full season too. 55 games in a 60-game season, a 139 OPS, hit 14 home runs. That's more than he uh, or close to what he hit in, in 84 games this year. So, like, I, I don't know. If, if the health is there, I think that that could be a consistent A grade for Aloy Jimenez from 2023 to probably 2030. Um, and he that's will- just mainly as long as he stays at DH because I don't think he'll overexert himself at that position, which is why we saw 73 games from him since July. He will hit 50 home runs if he stays healthy. I There's no doubt in my mind. He did 31 in 122 games in a rookie year where people didn't know who he was. And he had to adjust after the first month. Remember, his first couple months, our first couple of weeks, they were sliding him to death. And he wasn't getting it. And then eventually he's like, I'm Aloy Jimenez. I can hit the ball to right field. I got mad power. And he started doing that. The guy will hit 50 home runs. And he will hit 300. That is the frustrating part about Eloy Jimenez because he is a giant. You see all the home run you hit that the Jordan Alvarez hit last night, 450 straight center. Eloy has that and more. He's, he's, he's great. And, and, and you're right. I think the, pro, the thing that we get, we get to the end of these seasons and now it's happened, what, three, four years in a row now. And you get to the end of the season and it's always, man, Eloy's really good, but, <laughs> and, and it's not, and the, but is nothing to do with, what he's going to do at the plate. Like, Oh, is he going to be able to figure out how to hit, you know, X, Y, and Z? No, it, it's always has to do with health. Sometimes it has to do with defense. Um, and listen, uh, he, he was forced to play DH this year, something that he doesn't like doing, but guess what? Now the white Sox don't have to, the white Sox have an answer to one of those questions. The, the question, can he still hit if he's playing DH, which he, you know, I, I'm not going to say he was arguing that he couldn't do, but he was arguing that, you know, the same thing that Jose Abreu argued, which was being in the field that makes you focus better. It keeps me better at the plate. Bah, 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 bah. Now the White Sox know that, you know, they don't have to risk his health in the outfield if they in order to get that production because they just got it and and bypassed risking his health uh, by playing him in the outfield altogether. So, um I do think that what Aloy Jimenez ends up playing the majority of the time in 2023 is going to depend a lot on how the rest of the roster looks more so than it does what they think about him specifically. Um, they've got this big decision to make on Abreu and, and, and who knows if, uh, you know, they've already made it or not. Obviously we've seen reports saying they're probably uh, not going to to bring him back, but you know, that's, that to me seems like a harder decision than one that you can already make. Uh, but we'll see. And, and uh, you know, at the end of the year, Miguel Cairo was asked, hey, uh, Aloy Jimenez, even when he's healthy, what can he still play the outfield on a regular basis? And Cairo's answer was, oh, maybe two, three times a week. So that's not, you know, that's that that's his opinion, obviously, you know, if the if the uh, roster is set up in a way where that number would be greater or or less, uh, that that's that's a different story. But um, certainly the White Sox got an answer to one of those questions that has dogged Aloy Jimenez for years, plural now. And that is, is he going to be able to hit as a DH? And he, he showed them whether he liked it or not, that he, yes, he can uh, absolutely. And hit very, very well. Yeah. And especially since August 23rd, he had uh 10 home runs uh, in what was that uh, 36 games to end the season. So it really just felt like he got real comfortable in a huge groove at the end of the season. And it's just it questions like if he, if, if he had that, in, you know, a full April and you started getting in a groove in May, what was the damage you truly could do? So it's an interesting player. And I think they'd probably be doing him a disservice if they don't go sign a bunch of outfielders. So he doesn't have to play the outfield. I understand what it's, it's what he wants to do, but I think he'd rather hit 50 home runs and play 145 games than 
possibly get injured and, you know, have to miss another season. One interesting thing that uh, that Rick Renneria had said a couple of times, and I don't remember if this was specifically in uh, relation to a lawyer or to somebody else, but it, it was about a young player. And it was, oh, are they going to be your DH? Or are they a DH moving forward? And, and Ricky's answer was, you don't really – want to do that to a young guy make him a make him a dh right away right because usually a young guy's athletic he can there's more that he can contribute and you're minimizing the 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 skill set that he has if you kind of silo him off as a dh well aloya menes isn't a you know fresh-faced rookie anymore this Mm -hmm. was his this was his fourth year uh in major league baseball and and certainly while the games haven't piled up quite as quickly as the days have um Maybe they maybe they know now. Maybe maybe they're beyond the point where they're still trying to figure out wh- how they can maximize uh, his his skill set, and they're to the point where they know how they can maximize his skill set. And uh, I think what Rick Hahn does and what the front office does this winter is going to be very interesting in in that regard when it compare as it compares to Aloy, which is are they going to go out and get another outfielder to make sure that Aloy rarely has to play the outfield uh you know and it's aj pollock and somebody else in the corner outfield spots every day uh or are they going to bring back jose abreu and and maybe aloy has to play a lot of left field because that's what they think is is the best way to 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 make this offense go so um we know that the that the that that rick is going to be identifying offense not necessarily something to bring in uh because you know we we know that he's not expecting drastic changes to the roster but um you know, even if it's one guy or so, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what that means for Aloy. Yeah. And looking at what he did in 2022, um, I think it was interesting. We noted a lot of the lack of opposite field home run and and, and lack of opposite field power. Uh, here's his 2020 hit spray chart. And you can kind of see there's a lot over here. I think there's, I counted about like eight home runs that went to center field or right field. Um, and then you could see, you know, there's a scattering or a similar scattering of home runs in 2020. You look at 2022, Hey, look, there's about you know, what five and right field yep. from center to right field and then a ton of home runs in 2022 so it made me question did he start pulling the ball more at a certain time you could see in 2020 right here his pull percent was about 36.1 percent in 2022 it was about 37.5 percent uh but here you go um from august 23rd when he hit 10 home runs um 37.2 percent pull percent uh, opposite field about 21.3 percent um, and he hit 10 home runs in that stretch so 10 of his 16 home runs started when he started pulling the ball more um, so that is an interesting thing he was one of the players that did start pulling the ball and he, he saw great results for the Sox so may, maybe that's something Tozar tries to work in this year and, and maybe that's something they try to you know replicate and, and, and elevate Aloy to that next level and I think that that's those are good numbers to see because he can hit the ball anywhere. And I think one of the main things with the White Sox, I think we discussed it earlier in a show that the White Sox got a little bit more um, opposite field heavy. And they were like one of the most hits uh, opposite field hits in major leagues. And so, yeah, those hits over there and that's good to see, but if they're pitching you inside and they're understanding that you're going to be trying to shoot the ball to right center, if you're a right-handed hitter, you got to put barrel out and get to that ball quickly and get it to left field as we see in the World Series. Kyle Schwarber, he's been pitched hard, like high fastballs, 96, 97, rocketed into the uh, right field bleachers. Low fastball, 96, 97, rocketed into the right field bleachers. That's what Major League Baseball is all about, adjusting to what they're throwing to you and hitting for power. And I think Aloy Jimenez saw that. He's like, yeah, I can hit balls 
outside the zone to the right field if they're outside the zone that way. But if they're going to keep pitching me inside, I'm going to put damage on it to left field and left center. Absolutely. It was uh, great to watch him when he was healthy, and hopefully we could see a healthy Aloy Jimenez in 2023. That's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That is Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ectorwall23. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. We'll be live at 4 p.m. tomorrow, probably talking about Luis Robert. And uh, Rick Khan did speak during the Pedro Griffel, uh press conference. So I think we might go through some of his comments and see if we could take anything else uh, from the GM uh, away about the roster and maybe what the roster will look like. Because we know he loves Pedro Griffel. We saw that on his face. Uh, but we'll talk to you tomorrow at 4 p.m. on the CHGO sports youtube channel thank you very much and go socks